three, two, one. Happy hour Friday, happy, happy, happy Friday, drinking a beer. We both have the same. It's the Dennis and Andy show. You know, it, you know it, everybody. I'm swiping part of my, I, I'm, I'm doing a new intro for myself. Andy Smith, 30-year comic book veteran, drawing comics for the past 30 years. Dennis comic appraiser Turner. He's been appraising comics his whole life. And we're drinking Star Trek Next Generation Captain's Holiday because it's a holiday somewhere. Like Jimmy Buffett says, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's got to be a holiday somewhere. That's right. It is a holiday. So it's always a Star Trek holiday. All right. Let's not get gross. Star Trek. Black Rose Comics says cheers. Cheers to you. Thanks for joining. Hope you're having a beer with us. This beer says it has a uh, brewed with natural citrus flavors. I can uh, I can vouch for that. It's tasty. It's a 30th yeah. anniversary ale. Mm-mm. That's good stuff. I know. Stuff. I know. It's a, uh, you know, this isn't one that I've, uh, I have had before. And with it being Star Trek, you know, got to always try it. It's Schmaltz and FederationBeer.com. Look at that. Doja Coin says good vibes. You are correct. It is good vibes. Good vibes. So it's we're going to start a, off. It's only a 4.8% alcohol. Oh, thank God. So I won't get tipsy. Yeah, I got class later tonight, so I'm glad it's not so bad. But this makes me definitely want We've got a convention tomorrow, the MicroCon. That's right. Going to a microcon tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Five hours of comic books at a microbrewery. So you got a little beer, a little comic books, a little fun. Dennis's wife is going to give him his allowance early in advance on his allowance. Yeah, I already did that. I'm good Uh to go. Oh, good. I got to get mine. Um, So we're just going to start off real quick. Last night was uh, the first night of the NFL draft. Dennis and I are football fans. I, of course, like the Cowboys because America. Dennis likes the Packers because Russia. Um, wow. Well, wow, you communist bastard, you. Should I said Packers because of Chinese? I mean, I don't know. I just know no, the Cowboys Packers are. Packers are as America as you can get. The original Acme, the oldest team in football. And Cowboys. that's We are the originals. You are the photocopy. What party does your governor belong to? Uh, North Carolina? No. Where the Packers play. Right now? Yes. Same one as North Carolina. Democrat, huh? Yep. And that's well, got well, nothing well. to do with it. Look at Texas. Flying with the big R. Well, then Anyhow. I guess that's where you should move. You shut your mouth. So we're just going to go over a few key draft picks and their their grades. We're not going through all 32 teams because nope. as much as we like football, not even 
we care that much. Um, one of the ones talking for my my uh, my daughter is she's the Jaguars fan. Look, those are coin nose. Look right here. Hold on, see two against one. Thank you. No, no, um, he doesn't agree on America. He agrees that we don't care that much about about Dallas or the NFL. You shut up. <laughs> so, just real quick, um, my daughter's a Jaguars fan, and she's a Clemson fan, and we knew that uh, we knew their number one pick was going to be. Uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking? Trevor guy? Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. So he's going to the Jaguars. I actually saw a video of him getting off a private jet today in, in Jacksonville. You don't realize how tall these dudes are until they, you know, until they're standing next to something where you give a good size comparison. Because on the field, they're all big. Yeah, Dude, he's getting off a private jet. And now, you know, it's a private jet. We all would probably have to duck. But, I mean, he's, like, really having to duck to walk outside that. And he gets down to the bottom of the steps, like five steps. And the dude he's standing next to that was great. I was probably like my height, 5'10". And Travis is like, uh, or Trevor's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> so he's just yeah. towering. So she was thrilled about that. But the other cool thing is they got his teammate, Travis Etienne, a running back as well. Which really surprised me because I thought for sure, because this this was number 25. So this dude could have been picked up by anybody, but he just got passed on by. So Jaguars were able to grab him. So they got two guys that have been playing together for a few years under their belt and already have some chemistry. So so that's good for them. Who did the who'd you say your Packers got? So the Packers went with a with a cornerback. Um, and I, I was pretty happy. It was uh, Eric Stokes. He's from Georgia, and he's got a G on his helmet, and he's just going to keep the same G and just change the color a little bit. I was about to say it's real. It is. That's a stare. That's that is karma. Yep. Uh, Cowboys went with Penn State linebacker Makai Parsons. So you know he's he's supposedly really good. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, the only other big question I have is. Um, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers coming out being like, I don't want to be with the Packers anymore? You know, we've been saying this for a while. Um, Aaron Rodgers is one of these dandy pretty boys. He's a great quarterback. He loves to go out and he loves to date Hollywood people and stars. They just had him hosting Jeopardy. Um he really wants the limelight and that kind of stuff. So we've been kind of wondering, you know, while he's with a great team, you know, the, the issue that he's got is, you know, it's Green Bay. Green Bay's not meant for that limelight. Uh, you know, it's it's a town of 100,000 people. Um, you know, he's he wants to be a big city, look at me kind of guy. He always has. He wants to be in San Francisco. He wants to be out by L.A. He wants to be out in the Hollywood scene. Yeah, you're not going to get that in, in Green Bay. So now the question is, because he's, he's trying to force a trade. Well, I don't know about forcing a trade. It would have to be beneficial for the Packers because as of right now, you know, he got a contract. 
I get really tired of seeing all of these quarterbacks around the league. I want to be traded. Wah! I don't want to be here anymore. Wah! Well, screw you. You're under contract. Since when did the freaking quarterbacks become so prissy that they're like, if I don't get my way, I'm going to pout and it's going to make things miserable on the team. You know what? I'm just sick of this shit. I'm just sick of this shit. Play out your contract and stop. If you don't want to renegotiate a new one, don't. You so know, is this contract up after this season? Yeah, 2021. Oh, yeah. He should just suck it up, play it out, play, play obviously the best football he can do, hopefully get him to the to the playoffs again and stuff. And just, yeah, play that shit out. And basically, you know, contract's up. He can go anywhere. Well, you know what I mean. He could be, yeah. he could have his pick. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. If he has another great season when his contract's up, he could have his pick. Right. He he could go to Dallas. He could. Or he could go to the Redskins or the Giants. So or, Dallas never wins another game in, in against him. Or the 49ers. Or the well, that's where he wants to go. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it whatever happens, he's not going to be traded to an NFC team. And, I think that's uh, hysterical that they came out and said they won't trade him to an NFC team. So all I say is go Broncos, push it hard. Yeah. But let's let's play this out. Seriously. Let's say they actually worked a trade with the Broncos. It doesn't have to be a trade from the standpoint of QB for QB. It's not like. No. So my question is this. If Aaron went to the Broncos, what do you think the Packers would do for a quarterback? They'd probably they'd probably go with love. They'd probably go with the year, number two year guy. Oh, that's uh, right, because he was their draft last year, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they okay. You're, I totally forgot that they drafted a quarterback last year. That's what created any, all the controversy. Did he get any reps in last year? I don't even remember. Ah, uh, not a lot. But not he played lot. in a couple games, or. But you know, again, it boils down to that's what happened to Aaron Rodgers. He played behind Brett Favre for three years. You know, right. he learned the game. That's why he became successful. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. No, I hear you. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't lose sleep over the Packers anyhow. I, I wouldn't lose sleep over the NFL. The NFL's really been yeah, grinding my gears uh, as of lately anyway. So, you know, eh, I'll say whatever. That's all I'm going to say at this point on the NFL. All right. So, uh, moving on to, I believe, uh, Invincible season finale. Woo! Way better than the NFL right now. Invincible. Man, that was that was uh, that was some bloody Sunday, bloody Sunday stuff right there. <laughs> now remember, for those of you who don't didn't, didn't catch the earlier episode, I only read like the first six issues of Invincible, and then I gave up because it was too cutesy for me. So right. I had no idea that it was going to take a turn the way it did. So, you know, this is all kind of new to me. I'm kind of like a noob when it comes to this. And, oh, all I'm going to say is, holy hell, what an absolutely incredible finale. Now, I've read I, I read it in the beginning. I have trade paperbacks one through six. And then I kind of broke off for a while. And I came back, I believe, at issue 100. Because at that point in my buying, there wasn't much I was getting monthly, and I want to get a monthly book again uh, that I can look forward to. So I said, you know what? Issue 100 of Invincible, it's a great jumping one point. 
And then, of course, they canned it, I think, at 144. But um, I pulled my issue three trade out, and I was looking through it after I watched the season finale. And it basically, this first season went up to issue 12. Of the, I mean, yeah. it totally, issue 12 ends right where this ends with Invincible on the moon, talking to uh, Alan, the alien, saying, I guess I'm going to finish high school. Um, but just flipping through the trade, they were so, at least with this episode, you know, cause I know obviously they, they, they kind of, uh, truncated some stuff to move the story forward faster and whatnot. But with this season finale, which was also written by Robert Kirkman as well, they really stuck right on the money with, uh, the book, um, talking about, you know, uh, Omni-Man talking about the Voltramites and their true purpose, which I remember talking to you about uh, during the week, saying, you know, if I remember correctly, this is what their true purpose was. And it was good. It showed my memory isn't as shitty as I thought, because uh, I was right. Their true purpose is to conquer. And he thought that he could talk Mark into saying, son, you're a Voltramite. And this is the stuff I forgot. I forgot that they can live for thousands of years. So it's, it's, I thought the writing was really good because I get Omni-Man basically saying, look, what do you get attached to these people for? You'll barely be 30 and they'll all be dead. You know, now I'm not justifying his actions by that, but I don't, you know, Mark never knew that before. Yeah, you know. So I mean, think think about that. Think if well, somebody he, he told was you, raised as a human, and right. that's why his his mother and he even said we should I shouldn't have raised you human. I should have raised you Voltramite. Yeah, but I mean, think about that. If somebody came up to you, you know, uh, came up to us or whatever and said, "Hey, by the way, you you turned fifty and you're not actually from this planet or you're hybrid." And now once you hit 50 with the way our DNA works, our biology works, your aging slows down immensely. So you shouldn't care about anybody because by the time you're 60, five generations will have gone by. You know, you can't just shut that off. No, but it, it kind of brings up the vibe of Highlander. You know, you know, there can be only one. You've lived centuries, you know. But when you take a look at that, even with them, they always cared about somebody. There was always an emotional right. attachment, even when they found out about, you know, being immortal and having immortals. And, um, well, it's you like know, Superman. right. This is a completely different, uh, you know, perspective on the same thing. You know, Superman. Exactly. But Superman has a way and can empathize with the planet versus he's got a job, which is what's interesting. And it's purely an emp- empirical job. I'm here to take over the uh, uh, the planet and nobody will get in my way. When it's time for you to join, we come in and rule it. Or as we found out, we wipe out your planet. Right. Right. Um, I, you know, the fight was great. The fight between Mark and Omni-Man or Invincible and Omni-Man, whatever, was right out of the trade going, you know, getting smashed into buildings in Chicago, going into the subway even going into the water and smashing through a ship that was on the trade. So I thought that was cool. And this is all stuff I forgot about until 
like I said, after I watched it, flipping through the trade again, um, I did think to myself, though, and this is where I do overthink things. So, you know, you saw how beat the shit he was from yeah. his dad. So we obviously know he can heal faster. But beyond that, even when they showed him in, you know, the the special hospital, whatever, they showed him like with a couple of stitches it looked like or something. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if he's that tough, how could you stitch him up? <laughs> Right. Or maybe that maybe I didn't maybe they weren't stitches and it was a butterfly pancake. I don't know. That's just one of those dumb things that goes through my head, which is, you know, I get that um, you know, Omni Man and other Vultramites are powerful enough to punch him out hard enough to make him bleed and cut and bash up his eye and all that. But once you take him to the hospital, that's like Superman almost. You know, if there's a strong enough villain out there that can make Superman bleed and cut and all that, you can't just wheel him into a hospital and be like, let's stitch this up. Right. Well, I mean, that's why they have the special unit. And, yeah. you know, I, I love when the immortal, you know, how they keep having to fix him up and they're they're doing it. That again. is just so fantastic. Because that once again, I totally forgot because he does come back into the comics as well. Yeah. You know, and I just love they've got that big, you know, the machinery stuff around his waist because they had to put him back together. Oh, yeah. my God. And like the first time you saw the stitches, you know, and, you know, the staples, they're stapling him together. And then all of a sudden the staples pop out because he's completely healed. And now they've got the flashlight and they're shining on his eyes and his pupils are, pupils are dilating. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I do think, you know, I'm glad it's been renewed for two and three. And now that they know that, I I am curious to see how they speed things up because realistically, it would be great if Amazon would just say, look, how many seasons would you, and who knows if they, ha if they haven't even done this, but if Amazon basically went to Kirkman and said, how many seasons would it take and be realistic to tell the whole story because it is, you know, it ended at issue 144 and it ended on a good note, but it's this big story. So yeah. my point is after season three, if they're, if they go into it thinking like, Oh, we'll just do 12 issues a season. Well, that takes it up to say issue 36, but then let's say they go, yeah, we're not going to renew it. I mean, you're still left at some type of cliffhanger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, I think for this show to end properly, however many seasons it goes, it needs to, you know, they, they need to give enough notice. Like, let's say after season three, they go, hey, man, bad news. The ratings weren't great enough. So what we want to do is bring it back for season four. But that's all we're doing. So you got to yeah. wrap it. You know? Yep. I'm just curious because I've I can I can remember a lot of the stuff from issue 100 to 144, and there's just so much that happened and whatnot with the story arcs of the characters, and you know, spoiler alert: Mark's dad isn't always a bad guy. <laughs> what? So I know. Sorry. Um, so I don't know. And then I also thought during that fight with Adam. Adam Eve's powers, you know, that girl. Yeah. Can she manipulate organic matter? Like, 
Well, I would say yes, because she was able to do trees and stuff, which right. is organic. So, so she should be able to manipulate it. So then realistically, she could actually take out Omni-Man, right? Because she should be able to manipulate his matter. Mm, in theory. In theory, in theory that's unless he's resistant to it. Resistant to it. Yeah, and that, that is one thing I don't remember from the comics. I do remember, and I won't give away any of it, but there is a fight between Invincible, Omni-Man, I believe, and uh, Adam Eve that is pretty vicious. Like, the fun thing is with this book, you see what we just saw on TV, and you're like, and for me, my reading it, all I can say is, yeah, that's like the book, but it actually gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be curious. Like I said, I actually was going to, I thought about picking up the trade. So when I stopped at the comic book shop on Wednesday, I kind of mentioned it. And somebody had already called up that morning and said, hey, I want all the trades. And he goes, all? There's 25 trades. And he goes, yep, I'll take them all. So Tony sold all of them. And that yeah, but you know what? You know what they put out as well. They put out Besides a compendium. The trade, they the put compendium. out two, like, uh, what is that? Compendium. At least 500 pages. No, I know that, but what? That's probably what? 500 pages? Yeah. Thickness? Yeah, they put out two of those. Yeah, it covers them so, all. The two yeah. cover them all? There's just Yeah, two I think so. I think he's, well, he said two or three. I don't remember which now. But it covers them all, and he goes, I'm not even going to order them in on trades anymore. He's going to order them all in on compendiums. And he goes, just he goes, because most people want them in compendium form now. They just want to collect them all. Right. Yeah, and that's it's a cheaper. good point. It's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I was actually thinking about getting them because, like I said, I only have a few of the trades. I don't have that many of them. So I was thinking about it. But that's just such a big chunk to read. It's intimidating. Yep. So I, yeah, I know it's a lot. Well, that's what know, happened yesterday. I, I went out to read and I grabbed my physical book and went outside and I actually fell asleep out in the sun, the breeze. It was like, oh my God, I fell asleep. I was like, yeah, I just don't usually do that. So I got sunburnt. What book was it? Uh, the Curse of Strahd. It's a Dungeons oh. and Dragons book. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah. running my family through it when they all get home here for Elizabeth's graduation. And this is something they want to do? Yes. They they told me I was going to run uh, an adventure while everybody gets home. Oh, fun. So, oh, so you mean when your boy gets home too? Yeah. So Jonathan's coming oh. home Sunday with his girlfriend. And then this Sunday? Yeah. This oh damn, I didn't know it was that quick. So who yeah, be here this, this Sunday? Yep, yeah, this Sunday, and Elizabeth's already home now. She's got to go back to school next week for something. And uh yeah, we're about ready to have a, a full house. And he's getting he's getting on a plane. Yep. Wow, and it's official. She's coming with him, huh? Yep. Plane tickets. We just talked to him today. So it's all it's all set. They're they they're coming and we're getting everything ready. How long are they gonna be in town for? A month, at least. Wow, a whole month. Now, is he quarantining himself for two weeks? Well, we don't know. We, he, he had said he were, they were going to quarantine, yes. But we're like, don't, you don't need to do it on our account. So, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll play it by ear, see what they're going to do. Wow, a whole month. You're going to have 
you're going to have, it's going to be like it was 10 years ago. Kids are home. I know. And then I'll, we'll be going up to visit my, our folks up in Wisconsin uh, at the end of June. Oh, wow. Now, yeah. are, are you driving? Yep. Oh, look at that. Um, here's the question, though. Are you going to do like my, because I don't know if your parents did what your parents or Susie's parents handled you guys before you were married. But I remember visiting my parents with Helen before we were married. And my parents were like, okay, you sleep there and you sleep there. Oh, I will not discuss this on air. <laughs> I can't wait till we're done. And the show's over, guys. See you, <laughs> see you Monday. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, all right. So move. So yeah, I you know. So next week, getting back to the TV stuff. So Invincible's gone, but it's not. No need to be a downer. And there's no Marvel stuff. But next week on Netflix, May seventh, Jupiter's Legacy. Uh huh. That's Mark Miller's uh, book that he created with Frank Quietly. Oh yeah, I was thinking Jupiter hey. Ascension, and I I was like, no I, no no, this is I like don't care about that. I've got the I've got it. I don't feel like pulling it off the shelf. It's got to be it's got to be at least seven years ago now. I think yeah. when they created it, but I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it stars uh oh god damn it, what's his name now? Uh, Josh Dumel, is that it? You know the actor? That name rings a bell, doesn't it? Josh Dumel? Yeah, I don't know. You don't recognize that name? Nope. God, you're sickening sometimes. Um, you know what? It's probably not even close to that. It's probably somebody completely different. And it's not. Your dementia has set in. It's not. It's Josh Dumel. Um, in fact, we could play the trailer if, if we want. So have you seen the trailer or no? Nope. Oh, here, I'll pull it up. Look at that. Boom. As soon as I type in J-U-P, comes right up. So let me share the screen. Hold on for a second. So you haven't seen it. So we'll be debuting something for Dennis and everyone. So let's uh, let's share the screen here. Share my audio. World premiere of the Jew. I'm very, did you ever read any of this stuff? Nope. Oh man. I'm looking forward to this. That was All not right. in my repertoire. Well, I've got the trade. If you want to read it, here it goes. Okay. Don't you remember the Island? And what we had to do to earn these powers. 90 years. 90 years, and what do we have to show for it? We've made a difference, Shell. What was Dad like when he was younger? Nothing ever rattled him faster. The man I knew was never at home when I was a kid. Too busy saving the world. Everything you do is a reflection on this family. You have to be the ideal. No one can live up to the ideal. 
not even die. They're not even close to being ready. And I'm doing everything I can to keep this family from falling apart. Well, it's not working. It used to be that you protect your country. They call you a hero. The world is changing. So I guess we're going to have to change with it. whether I can do this anymore. You do the right thing. Somebody dies. You do the wrong thing. Somebody dies. So what would you do if you were the one calling the shots? Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say, very, uh, very comic book accurate in regards to the costumes. I mean, they're dead on. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how how faithful it is to the trade paperback. I think it looks really cool. So, yeah, we'll see. Oh, let me turn this off. Yeah, I'd watch that. That was that that looked really really decent. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then May 14th, dude. It's I'm glad things are getting more back to normal. May 14th is um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie, but it's it's from the Book of Saul with Chris Rock. Remember that horror movie we saw the trailer for? It's supposed to come out last October. Yeah. And it didn't. And it's from, you remember the Saw movies, right? Yeah. So it's. Yeah. What's it called? I'm blanking on it, but it's the title. And then it's from the book of Saw. Spiral. Spiral. That's it. May 14th. Yeah. Theaters only. IMAX. Good. IMAX, baby. We, 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 We need to get back to the theater. Yes. We, we, we don't get to see Ernie's smiling face at the theater very much anymore. No, we don't. So, yeah. So, that comes out May 14th. So, yeah, man. It's uh, Especially what? since we missed out on nobody. I, I, I may just wind up buying that movie and having a viewing session. Yeah. I'm down. Every, everybody I talked to said it's really good. So, uh, See, and I don't know anybody who actually saw it. Oh, yeah. No, I know a few people have commented and said, oh, man, it was so good. Good. So, all right. Uh, I guess we're moving on to our review that we had to push from Wednesday of Blacking Out. Blacking Out. graphic novel. Nice hardcover. It's on demand on Indiegogo right now. The link is in the description under the video, as well as the link for First Man, my book. So Blacking Out is actually a book that is created by uh, Chip Mosier, and the art is by Peter Krause. Um, I've always liked Peter's artwork. I've interacted with him a few times online. Uh, he did a book for, 
is it Boom? I think it's Boom called Irredeemable, which I thought was really good. He worked on Power of Shazam. Um, so, you know, he's worked on a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm not, Ch Chip is new to me. So to be honest, I don't think I've read anything from Chip before this. Uh, the story, it's a 56 page hardcover graphic novel and it follows a drunk ex-cop. So right there, a drunk ex-cop, come on. And he drives a cool looking car. I mean, look yep. at that bad boy, that's cool. It was uh, cool. And he attempts to solve a murder during the Southern California fire season. Which, can I just say, side note, I love the fact, well, I don't love, I say that sarcastically. California has five seasons. Spring, summer, fire, winter, or fall, winter, Fire wow. season. Well, it depends on where in California. Oh, if that's true. California. Yeah, that's true. It's basically summer, spring, summer, and then fire. Yeah, that's true. And that's, you're seasons. right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So basically, um, give you a brief overview of the book. It's like I said, it's the disgraced drunk ex-cop. He's seeking redemption by unraveling an unsolved murder during Southern California's fire season. Connie, that's the drunk cop, Conrad, otherwise known as Connie, follows a lone clue, a discarded crucifix to unravel the death of Karen Littleton, whose body was found amid the blaze that scorched 10,000 acres. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, so we're not going to go more than that. That's the basic gist of it. Um, I'll talk art. Dennis usually talks story stuff. I like Peter Krause's work in this. He's he's gotten simpler with his style. It's almost tothy. And when I say that, I'm I'm referring to uh, legendary artist Alex Toth. And that's the vibe I get from this. I think it's really cool looking. Uh, the coloring was actually done by. Let me get to. Oh my God! Where's this? Where's the credits? I know because that's an odd book because that's that special one and they signed it and they had the uh, the tags on the inside and everything like oh that. Oh my God, I'm going to mess up the colorist name. Oh, They're used buddy. to it. You do every week. It's fine. They'll know who it is. No, they won't because I can't. It, it, well, well uh, then show it. Just hold it up to the screen. It's too we small. have very smart viewers. Look how small that is. Can you oh, read that? Lord. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the coloring is very well done. <laughs> Here's some of the color art. Let me, I, I'm trying to find a, a nice page to show that has some, well, there you go. That's his car. So, so the coloring isn't overdone. I think it, it's got a really nice palette. Uh, the coloring just, you know, it enhances the line art and that's what coloring is supposed to do. It's not supposed to overpower it. Just like good lettering. Good lettering, you don't notice. And what I, I've said this before, what I mean by that is bad lettering, when you open up a comic, you will literally be like, that lettering is awful. You shouldn't right. notice lettering. Particularly if it's like aliens, it's supposed to be different and it's this really funky, you know, a font that they'll use. And it, it's supposed to be different, but if it's not legible, it makes it very difficult to follow. That that was really well done. Um, um, I started flipping through it and I'm like, ah, I'm hit or miss on these kind of stories, you know, um, real likes like true crime dramas and stuff like this. So I was like, eh, we'll see if I like this. 
I started going through the story and as I started reading it, it felt very much like a movie script. I mean, yeah. it flowed incredibly well. Um, I got I got very interested in the characters. Then you find out he meets Anita and Ornita and you start finding out, oh, so they have a relationship and it's going here and this is what happens. And everything is written very believably. Um, th this was incredibly well-versed uh, scripting. Um, I enjoyed it. And then as the story progressed, I'm like, I need that hook, though. I'm waiting for this big hook to pull us in. And then when he gets over to his buddy's Maddie's place, and he's underneath the car looking, and he finds the big clue that unravels everything. And it's the holy shit moment. It did. Is this what I think's going to happen? Right. Oh my god! It changes everything. I'm like, wow. I actually got goosebumps when I read it because you realize, well, if he does that, I bet this is going to happen, and this, and it plays out right what you're thinking the moment. But it's that holy shit moment where you're just sitting there waiting and you're like oh my god he did it changes everything well and there's also and i'll, I'll share the screen with the kickstarter page like i said is this the kickstarter or indiegogo let me see i can't remember oh it's the indiegogo page because like i said it's on indiegogo now in demand um i i think it would make a great you know two-hour movie not a TV show, because some books you read and you think, wow, that would be a great episodic show. Right. This would make a great one and done two hour movie. Now, obviously, I, I would imagine if this does really well, they might do a follow up. But I don't know, because it, it really just feels like a nice. Well, it is a nice standalone story, but it just feels like this. This one story is told. We don't need anything else with this character. Let these creators, you know, Chip and Peter and the whole crew move on and do a brand new project because we know the value we're going to get is worth it and the quality is there. So I could easily, like you said, Dennis, um, with the with the twists and turns that this story takes, I could see it as a nice two hour movie and. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, too, is it's 56 pages, so it's not super long. However, I will say, generally, when I get something that's, you know, bigger than a normal comic, so more than 20 pages, I like to make it last. So usually I'll read, you know, I'll read about 15, 20 pages, put it down, read something else or do something else and come back to it. But this is one that I couldn't put down. Because as I was reading it and more things were unfolding, I was like, God damn it, I got to see how this ends. I got to see where this goes. So I read it in one sitting. Right. Um, it's it's a really good story. If you I, like. I, I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you on that, because normally, especially in that kind of a book, I'm sitting here reading it. And then I'll be like, OK, I'll take a break, put it down, come back later and pick it up. I'm like, OK, yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. Yep, yep, yep. With this, with that book, I sat down and I didn't want to put it down. I was like, I need to know what happens. Well, where's he going with this? You know, it it just kept me hanging in there where I didn't want to stop. And by the end, I'm like, oh my God, this is the end of the book. And I'm like, yeah, I got a couple of pages to wrap it up. Bam, there it was. 
very well executed. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. As a matter of fact, I, I might even go on in demand and, and pick it up because I, again, not my cup of tea normally, but man, this was gripping. It was incredibly well done. Enjoyed the hell out of it. And that's, that's what I think is cool because like you said, it's not your cup of tea. And that's why I wanted you to read it because it totally is mine. Because I like, besides superhero stuff, I like stuff that's grounded real world mystery type stuff. Basically, this is a movie I'd go see. And when there's a when when a graphic novel comes out that's like real world mystery movie that I would go see, that attracts me to it. So I I was like, man, that was really good. I wonder, you know, all right, Dennis, you need to read this kind of like the few books you've had me read that aren't normally in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, I would, yeah. yeah. If, if you're into suspense and mystery and, uh, you know, basically it's a murder mystery with good characterization, very nice artwork, uh, I would definitely pick this up. And it's well done. I mean, it's a very nice hardcover. You know, this is a stupid little thing, but trust me, I know printing costs. It has a nice little, uh, I'll full screen it. Oops, wrong one. Remove. It's got the nice little ribbon. So if you do want to not lose your place, you know, you just slap the ribbon in. It has, uh, what do they call that on the edge of the papers where this has like a gold? I know it's hard to see. Yeah, gold, they, um, not golden. I can't remember the name gold of it. Gold effigy. No. It's not embossing. No. It's an edging. I, I, you're right. I can't think yeah, of it's the like name a, of it. The, the, the paper has the nice gold edging. So they, I mean, it's a really, really nice, nice product. It's bigger than a comic book. Um, here I can show you the size compared to a regular comic. And since we're speaking invincible, it's my invincible trade, but you can see bigger than a comic by quite a bit. So you're definitely getting your bang for your buck out of this sucker. I'm, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a CGC grade because yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's do that. Um, I'm I'm giving it a 9.2. I thought it was great. There were a couple of little things I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of. I would have liked to seen a little bit more of Anita and stuff. But honestly, um, like I said, for not being my cup of tea, that that's probably one of my favorite stories in that genre that I've read. I really enjoyed the hell out of that. So 9.2 for me on something that I wouldn't have normally picked up. Yeah, I'm going to go a 9.5 because I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and like I said, I don't, obviously they could do a sequel, you know, they could t continue a different story with this character, but with what this story was about and how it ended, I'm almost say, uh, just leave it, move on to something else. But that's me. So yeah, yeah. I, I give it a 9.5. I thought it was really good. So nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say um, we, the previews came out this week um, for the next previews. Um, there were a lot. I think I added about a dozen titles to my poll list. Um, wow. Almost all of them were uh, were indie books. Um, and uh, Daniel, I don't think you're on tonight, but Daniel had texted me um, uh, about Undone Blood. And I know he's going to be adding that to his. That's been out for a while. But he sent me one um, that I'm going to let you guys know right now. Um, 
Oh, I'm going to see if I can't find the name of it in here. Um, Norman uh, Campisi, The Dragon Incident. Um, and I was like, huh, that sounds kind of interesting. So I went and looked it up, and it is a mobster book. Oh. So it's all about the mobs, and that looked interesting. So, uh, Daniel, just giving you a shout-out, I did go check on it. And it looks really interesting, Dragon Incident. So I'm going to be curious as to what kind of a crossover with the mobsters are going to do. But it was an interesting story. Like I said, there's a lot of interesting books that um, are coming out um, that are going through previews, um, plus all the ones that we're seeing on Kickstarter, Indiegogo. I mean, these indie comics right now, they've got some fantastic stories that are popping out that, that we can attest to. It's true, and if you're looking for a fun superhero adventure, First Man, link is in the description below. Books mail out the next day. I got them in-house. Um, it's doing really well. Uh, if you like fun superhero Silver Age type of stories, you'll love First Man. 64-page square-bound graphic novel. Uh, support us, indie creators. Um, I think that's about it for today's show. Uh, Monday, we will have guest for the interview show bart sears is going to be on the show we're going to interview bart talk to him about his new project maiden which is running in heavy metal every month i believe four or five chapters of it are is out now in heavy metal uh, i've known bart for 30 years so it'll be a fun conversation with my buddy uh, dennis got to meet him so it should be a fun time it will be a fun time. Matter of fact, at the comic shop on Wednesday, we got sitting. We were talking about heavy metal because Andy, your story's coming out in what three hundred six issue three hundred six. Yep. I got a story coming out in heavy metal three hundred six uh, called uh, Cuda about a New York cop in the nineteen New York detective in the nineteen seventies. He drives a nineteen seventy Barracuda, so he goes by the nickname Cuda. Uh, there's little mystery, fantastical elements to it because he gets, uh, I don't even want to say what happens to him, but yeah. it's uh, its written by my buddy, Keith Champagne. We created the character and that comes out in issue 306. Yeah. And, and I bring uh, it up because we were talking and they were looking it up. I'm like, well, I know Andy's is coming out and they're like, well, we know Bart's in it. So everyone's like, oh yeah, Bart's got his uh, his ongoing that's in it. I don't know how long he, he's, he's got it going, but yeah, I know he's been in quite a few of them. It started, I think, like, I want to say 302 was the first issue of Bart's. Okay. And it's a monthly thing. So his is monthly. Mine is uh, every couple months it'll yeah. come out. So, so that's cool. Monday. So join us Monday and always... Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you know when we go live, even though it's always roughly the same time. Monday's at 7, Wednesday's at either 5 or 7. We're playing with that. And Friday's at 4 o'clock for Friday happy hour where we drink a beer. All and, Eastern time. Uh, all Eastern time, yep. And uh, we, we will be back on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll have microcon stories to hopefully tell. Maybe we'll even do a little video from there tomorrow. Yeah, and, and maybe uh, uh, see what we get for a haul. Maybe we get some good books there. I hope so. I got some money I need to spend on some funny books. So. All right, guys. We'll all see right. you all on Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Oh.